Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart here with Garrett Eisler. Good afternoon, Garrett. Good afternoon. Uh, today we're going to talk about season two, episode 16, Speak for Yourself. Before we get to that, I will point out that a listener emailed me, emailed us to say that uh, on Gilbert Gottfried's podcast this week, he did a 50-year anniversary tribute to The Odd Couple. He had on both of Jack Klugman's sons, and to be fair to people looking for an intense Odd Couple discussion, the podcast talked a little about The Odd Couple, or a fair amount, but not a lot. It was still very interesting. His kids talked a lot about Jack's history in theater and other stories about him. Um, but it wasn't like an hour and a half in-depth discussion of the odd couple episode by episode like we do, but it was still a fun and I recommend it. And Garrett, they pointed out, which we didn't even talk about, is that it is the 50th anniversary of the odd couple this year. I think because we didn't talk about season one and talk about 1970 a lot that we kind of missed it. Well, um, I think we're entitled to kind of retroactively declare that this that was the occasion for this podcast that we are the, the reason we are doing this podcast is to commemorate the that's 50th anniversary that's not true at all that would, that would sound nice though sound nice but we're we're, I'm, we're telling people here it's not that's not the case i it, <laughs> well, it we can a, go we'll go back and fix the other episodes okay you do that okay all right um but yes it's a it's a good listen uh it's a fun listen uh, especially having klugman sons on there Oh, and you know, the fact that it's the 50th anniversary and we are both 50, you know, it is uh, kind of we're all uh, roads together. lead, all roads lead. Now you've, now we you've done it. We're as old as the odd couple. Now you, now you've done and it. And we are as old as Tony Randall, Jack Klugman. So there that's go. right. You're right. 50 and, and Hawaii Five-0 is one of my favorite shows. So it's all coming <laughs> together. Okay. So uh, we're going to talk about speak for yourself, but I will first let you, Garrett, speak for yourself, get it, and yeah. <laughs> talk about the writers of the episode. Okay, speak for yourself, as you said, season two, episode 16, air date January 14, 1972. Uh, an interesting writing team uh, credited with this episode, the team of Peggy Elliott and Ed Scarlack, I believe is how he A woman it. writer? Yes, I, I, and I, I, I can't. I can't say the only, but I suspect probably one of the few women writers we will see throughout the series. Um, so let's let's keep an eye on that. But uh, I did not know of them before, but they're a very interesting writing team, and they did work as a team uh, consistently throughout the, the late '60s and through the '70s. Uh, they are both still living, and. Therefore, the only writers I think we've been, the first writers we've encountered who are still living. Um, they are a writing team, but not a uh, husband and wife situation. Uh, in fact, Peggy Elliott was married for many years to Samuel Goldwyn Jr. Oh, oh trivia. Yeah. And they seem to have started writing together. I, you know, they're, I'm just going off of IMDb. I don't know if there's anything more about their biographies elsewhere, but I would be curious to know. But they started as a writing team in the six, late 60s with um, 
uh, a little show called The Ghost and Mrs. Muir, which I did not know was a TV series. I'm familiar with it as uh, Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, another episode, actually has a little section about that show. No kidding. That's weird. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even, was it a comedy? I it mean, was. Charles Nelson Riley was on it. Edward uh, Muirhair, I believe. That's interesting. Uh, Hope Lang. Yeah, it was based on a movie. It was kind of Yeah, the movie on... was not a comedy, so that's, that's weird. Yeah, this okay. is a comedy, yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, well, that's where they started. And then they did a bunch of episodes for That Girl. Yeah. And it turns out this is not, definitely, by far, not their first odd couple. They were very active in season one. So they were very much part of Gary Marshall's stable of writers. They wrote several uh, season one episodes. And I think, looks like only one other season two, which I think we'll get to soon. And then they did... Then they moved to Gary Marshall's other show, Love American Style. Uh, and then uh, Peggy Elliott seems to have retired by the mid-70s. And Charlack went on to do a lot of writing for uh, Mork and Mindy, another Gary Marshall show. And then stayed active through the 80s and 90s into the early 2000s, doing a lot of Scooby-Doo, in fact. Wow. So, and, uh, but he hasn't been active for the last... 10 years but both still living so maybe they're out there we'll get them on somebody we'll get them on somebody else email a couple we got some a bunch of viewer feedback this past week one person suggested getting people who are still living on the show and i say that is a desire of ours i think we just haven't gotten our act together enough to do it it's, it takes work to figure that out we did try david steinberg <laughs> passive aggressively and it didn't work he did david steinberg liked or at least his twitter account liked my tweet about our episode. That's, that's that was problem. that was progress. Uh, and then somebody else emailed about when you you know about season one. They're a big fan, and I said, you know, we're not, but we will eventually somehow cover season one. We just haven't figured out how yet, and we're not. It'll probably be after we go through, uh, you know, finish season five. All right, so let's get into the episode. So we open open up with an establishing shot of Central Park and playing, people playing baseball, which I think is the exact same shot as Hospital Mates, that opening shot where Felix and Oscar ended up in a hospital um, together. It certainly looked familiar, and, and if not the same exact shot, they probably did like a whole, you know, uh, what do you call, B-roll kind of uh, uh, just general footage that they could that sh shoot it once and then use throughout the season. So we cut to Oscar and Murray in the kitchen now. And this is a flashback episode, we should say, at top. Yes. And yes, uh, I, I learned, and I thought you told me this in high school, that the reason, yeah. it's a the reason they're in the kitchen is every flashback episode starts in the kitchen yeah. Yeah. because they've redesigned the <laughs> living room set. Was that right. you who told me that? Uh, you know, it's funny. I, it could have been because I didn't realize I might have thought that that long ago, but that is the it's first one of the first things I think of when I think of the flashback episode. So it's very ingrained in me. That sounds like something I, I, think, I would get into as even as a teenager. Oh, by the way, on the um, on the Gilbert Gottfried podcast is Gil Bob Wessack, who has who wrote that Odd Couple oh. book that we have. Oh, um, I see. And so it could also be in there too. But I, that I think is truth. Well, it's also very. I think I think of that because it's very theatrical. It really shows that they are on a set in front of an audience and they ha they can't they don't have a lot of technical ability to just transform things instantly and so one of the things to be aware of when you're watching the show is that not only are uh oscar and murray stuck in the kitchen but the the shutters for the kitchen are closed 
so that even when we're in the living room, we don't see the kitchen. And uh, Oscar also has to change costumes. That's the, it's the apartment is, is being redesigned. And also Oscar has a huge costume change between the present and the flashback, which means that all the Oscar Murray stuff have to be filmed separately. I mean, together, together uh, in a row, you know, yeah, and, and I don't know whether that would be first or whether the flashbacks would be first, but uh, that's another uh, implication of how they would film this. I bet they filmed it last, or that's how I would have done it. <laughs> so we now are in the kitchen. Oscar brings out cold cuts from the refrigerator and says to Murray that Murray was wrong. Murray says, you should never question the umpire. So we're supposed to presume this is after that baseball game we were shown in the um, we were shown in the opening establishing shot. Uh, and Murray was the umpire. So Murray says, don't question me. Murray says that his policeman's badge means he is honest. While Oscar picks up Murray's glasses and says, this, these thick glasses means that he's blind and a rotten umpire. Oscar describes how he tagged out a runner that Murray called, Murray called safe. A guy who came tearing into Oscar, spikes flying, throwing a gigantic block in my body, is what Oscar says. Murray says he was nine years old. Oscar asks, <laughs> how long is he going to use that as a cop-out? <laughs> Strange but, game they're playing, you know, with the uh, 50-year-old men and children. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. That's actually a very good observation. Murray says to forget about the game and eat. No, I think uh, Oscar. Oscar says that, yes. Murray asks, where's Felix? Oscar says he was trying to make up with Gloria. She caught him going through her garbage. Murray asks what he was looking for. Oscar says, you know how jealous Felix is. He was probably looking for male hair. Oscar says he always drove her crazy. Murray says they must have gotten along at some point. He did propose to her, which is, of course, a very forced kind of conversation. <laughs> yeah, episode. right. I, not the first. I would think about them being married for exactly. several years. Yes. Uh, and Oscar says, no, Felix didn't propose to Goya. It was Oscar who did it. <laughs> da, da, and then we go to credits. Uh, uh, by the way, another thing about the way they have to film the flashback is that we ne Felix will never come into the kitchen and be part of that scene. Right. That Felix is in costume for his, uh, Tony Randall's in the costume for the, for the flashback scene. So he's conveniently away uh, that, uh, while Oscar's telling this story. And let's just say up front, the, the continuity and, the, and the, the facts that this episode tries to portray about how Felix and Oscar met and what Oscar's involvement was in Felix's life are completely contradicted in, this, in the rest yeah. of the series. Yep. We're not going to go, we're, we're going to say that up front. I don't have a whole list of episodes that contradicts it. We all, the fans, know that this episode makes no sense. It doesn't matter. We're going to go along with it. Other consistency, inconsistency we'll point out, but we'll just put that. It's one of the many complications of the flashback episodes. Yes, right. That they inevitably just mess with the whole uh, backstory. So after the credits, we come in what seems like mid-scene, like Murray's in the middle of a sentence, kind of, or in the middle of a conversation, and asks why didn't Felix propose. It's a very weird uh, comeback to the scene, like he's talking already. Oscar's surprised Murray has not heard this story, which he calls the greatest story in the whole world. Oscar then says, Murray, to eat the nice sandwich I made for you, and I'll tell you the story. Murray looks at the sandwich with skepticism. Oscar says, what's the matter? Don't you like the? And before he says the, or after he says the, like he doesn't finish the sentence. He says, I don't know if you notice this. He says, what's the matter? Don't you like the? And in the closed captioning, you can see 
that that sentence is not finished. He doesn't say the sandwich for some reason. He hands him a beer. So I don't know if Jack Kluckman got confused or, or um, Al Mornaro did something wrong, but it was just weird. I guess you did not notice that. I did not notice that. Murray says that uh, he likes it better when Felix makes a sandwich. He trims all the crust away from the bread. He never puts too much mayonnaise on it. And here we see a visual of Murray pulling off a piece of bologna and we see a big smear of mayonnaise on the bread. So they did, uh, they did show us that. And that Felix only uses the tender, soft part of the lettuce. By the way, the uh, line about the crusts on the bread, also yeah. from the Neil Simon play. Oh, uh, with, with Murray saying it or just with somebody else? Uh, I think it is actually Murray because when in act two of the play or you know, in the movie, the midpoint, after Felix moves in and cleans everything up, the poker players are like marveling at how, the, how much better the food is now that Felix is catering. Uh, and Murray says, he even cuts the crust off the bread. I love it. Uh, Oscar picks up a whole iceberg lettuce and says, here, find the tender soft part of the lettuce. Uh, so Murray now asks him to tell the story. So Oscar says he met Felix in the early 1950s. Right, so let's say this. We know in the original version of the opening credits of the show, their child... Their childhood, their childhood friends, which was later cut out of the credits. And in fact, in the Gilbert podcast, both of Jack Klugman's sons and the rest of the people talking point out the fact, I mean, they talk about this in this podcast, how they removed childhood friend from the opening narration. Uh, Oscar says he met Felix in the early 1950s. Um, Oscar says Felix had just broken up with his girlfriend, Dorothy, a dietitian. Oscar says that Dorothy ran away with Kate Smith's drummer. Uh, I guess most people know, but we should say, Kate Smith was a famous singer in the 30s through the 70s, most known for singing God Bless America, and also known for being overweight. Right. Can I just point out that even if you know who Kate Smith is, I, this joke is weird because <clears throat> I think it really is just a fat joke. It is. It is. Right? There was yeah. no drummer. Like, I, I actually bothered Googling Kate Smith's drummer in case that was like, so I was missing a reference to something. Uh, but I guess the joke is that Kate Smith is fat, and so her drummer would be interested in going out with a dietitian, uh, but who... Uh, I know. I, I th no, I think Kate Smith hired a dietitian, and because that dietitian was around... I see. She met Kate Smith's drummer. Oh, see, Ted, you have explained this humor to me. Yes. Um, so Oscar says Felix was depressed about breaking up with Dorothy, who I don't think we've ever heard of before. No, never. <laughs> so he would thought he would fix him up with a blind date. Oscar would fix um, Felix up with a blind date. Someone he knew would cheer him up. And now the screen gets all wavy, and we travel back in time to the same apartment 20 years earlier. Mm -hmm. First, we see an old type. And they, you know, they really do a good job. Yeah. making the apartments feel different and feel more like Oscar owns it and making it feel old. And so I we, wonder if this is the first flashback episode, at least in season two, which would mean in the is. new set. Yeah. So it says we will see this version of Oscar's old yes. apartment several, several times. times. Yes. With the gorilla. Yes. Sorry, anticipate. But uh, some of these things show up again and again in the flashback episodes. First, we see an old typewriter on a beaten up ping pong table in the living room, and there's other junk on the table. There's a clock, a trophy, some beaten up books. Then we pan up to see clothes everywhere, and we see this large stuffed gorilla to the right of the door that has hats on it, 
and other items hanging off of it. There's also a dartboard where the coat closet is. There's a basketball hoop on the wall. There's a garbage can underneath that with skis on it. There's a basketball nearby. There's a punching bag attached to the wall with boxing gloves as an old time radio. So it's very much of a bachelor's apartment for a guy who loves sports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oscar is telling Marie that he invited, I'm uh, sorry, he's telling, um, it's, you know, we hear the kind of voiceover that Oscar's telling Murray he invited two girls over, so he thought he would clean up the place. So in walks Jack Klugman with his toupee, <laughs> and we all know he wears a toupee in the show, jet black, and he's using a ski pole to pick up papers off the floor and put them into a garbage can. So they are supposed to be 20 years younger in this episode. Yes. Which could be anywhere between 20 and 30. Uh, and 20, and the only way they yeah. do it is to make their hair black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the doorbell rings. Oscar, who now has a can full of garbage, just puts the can with all the garbage in it inside the closet, obviously completely not leading into the fact that he's trying to neaten the place up, although it does get rid of the garbage. Oscar lets in now Felix, who is wearing a bow tie and a suit and has his hat in his hands. And it does feel 50s. Like They both feel yes. like they're dressed in the 50s, even though they seem like they're 50-year-old men in the 50s. Right. Uh, Oscar's offers to hang. Oscar offers to hang up the hat, but all he does is he puts it on the gorilla's hand. Uh, and Tony Fandle, Tony Randall's face uh, <laughs> is priceless here. The shock that he has when he sees that is very funny. We're gonna play the clip from here when uh, Felix enters the apartment. Yo, come on in. <laughs> I thought we were meeting the girls at your place. This is my place. Don't you like it? It's, it's quaint. It's, it's a place to hang your hat. <laughs> well, you, you've, uh, you've done everything you could with what you had. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got an evening lined up for you. It's just great. What's the matter? Dark. 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 I think your needle's stuck. Dorothy. Not only broke my heart, she also gave me hiccups. Well, listen, I didn't think they were catching. Sit down, will you? I want to clean up a little bit for the girls. She was the first dietitian I ever, I ever dated. I break up with a girl, I get drunk. You get the hiccups. Actually, it was the crying afterwards. Crying afterwards? I'm a very emotional man, Oscar. I cry, I sneeze, I itch, I lose my voice. My body is my own worst enemy. You gotta relax, stop worrying about it. I've lost the hiccups. Yeah, it seems so. No, yeah. Now they're coming out of your nose. Symptoms. I'm a mass of symptoms. Whenever I'm nervous, I get I'm nervous about tonight. Well, you're nervous about the deck is stacked in your favor. When I say stacked, honey, I mean stacked. Where do you see it? I know, I know you're trying to help me all you can, but I'm always nervous when I have a blind date. <clears throat> what do I say to her? Well, you tell her that she's nice, yeah? so she won't think she's cheap. <laughs> Want a drink? No, 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 no okay. thanks. Make yourself comfortable. I'll be right back. There's a lot of visuals in this episode, so some of these clips are more difficult to find and to play in the context of a podcast. 
But um, the the laughing in the middle there is when Oscar Felix is trying to sit on a chair that breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple things. Um, I guess this is the first time we're supposed to find out that Oscar hears Felix's honk. Uh, very possible, and and as will be as uh, uh, Oscar will say later, he hasn't at this point known Felix very long. Right. So a lot of this is still them getting to know each other, right? She, Felix has never been to the apartment before. And there's a line in there I didn't understand. When Felix says he has hiccups, Oscar says, I didn't think they were catching. Uh, I think what, what I took that to mean was that he misinterprets Felix to think that he got the hiccups from, from Gloria, Dorothy. Because the way Felix says it, like, I have hiccups because of Dorothy. Oh, oh, okay. I, I didn't. So it's kind of a joke, I guess. Right. Silk starts to clean up clothing. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, before yeah. you go on, yes. I can't let pass that Oscar has a couple of really raunchy jokes yes, in this staff, scene the that are kind of out of character for him and out of character for the series. Uh, right, that he talks about these girls as stacked and, and treat her nice so she doesn't think she's cheap. <laughs> I think that's supposed to be like the fifth. I think that's their version of what fifty the, slang. Fifth, yeah, yeah, fifty right, slang and fifty right. sensibility is. But the idea is that well, and Oscar, as we'll see with how he treats you know the dates, you know, he's just he's like this randy young man. And uh, since there is a female writer here, I'm wondering if uh-huh. somehow yeah. she's trying to make Oscar seem like kind of a <laughs> bit of a maybe, scoundrel. Maybe. Right. Yeah. There, because he says some very scoundrel things. Felix starts to clean up clothing you know, while he's making himself at home, he uses one of Oscar's shirts to pick up a sock. There's a lot of visual gags again in this episode. He picks up one shirt in particular and underneath it, he sees a watermelon and an empty bottle of, I guess, alcohol. He puts the shirt back to cover it up. He then picks up a bag of laundry, smells it and makes a disgusted, oh, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then Oscar comes back into the room. So we're going to play the short clip from that scene. Putting away your shirts. Why? You said I should make myself comfortable. Putting away my shirts makes you comfortable? I hate mess. Boy, I'm sure glad I don't have to live with you. (laughs) There I go. What? Doing it again. Somebody befriends me and I alienate him. I just, I just... Oh, no, I was only kidding, Felix. Look, I'm going to go put on my jacket. Look, why don't you entertain yourself? What should I do? Play some ping pong. <laughs> so Felix goes to the cluttered ping pong table with an expression of, I guess I'll give it a try. He picks up the paddle and the ball and like isn't sure what he's really going to do. He eventually hits the ball with the paddle, but that's like they're all there is. Like there's <laughs> nobody else there to play with. It is, it's also this extended physical comedy. It that, is. You know, where he's, it's like watch a man try to play ping pong by himself. On a cluttered table. Luckily, right. the, the buzzer rings. Felix starts to sneeze and honk. Uh, Oscar yells, would you get that Unger? Which I thought was weird that he now says Unger. Uh, again, like implying that they still don't know each other very well. But he just said Felix a moment ago. I know. Uh, in walks Gloria Schaefer, who says, uh, you must be Felix. She introduces herself. She says she's heard a lot about him. He asks Gloria right away if she is lonely like he is. Mm-hmm. She says no. She just likes to have a good time, which is also an odd response. 
Felix offers to take Gloria's coat, which he has no idea where to put. First, he opens the closet, which is a mess. And then he tries to put it on the railing, which is, I guess, dirty. So he just holds it over his arm the whole time. Uh, he was about to offer that they both sit down, but he can't even finish the word sit because he realizes there's like no place to actually sit down since he just sat in a chair that was broken. So they end up standing. Uh, Felix asks Gloria, where are you from? What's your background? What does your father do? And from here, we're going to play the clip of them getting to know each other. Well, tell me about yourself. Where are you from? What's your background? What does your father do? <laughs> Hi, Gloria. What do you ask? Oh, nothing, thank you. I don't drink. Neither do I. I do. I need another beer. <laughs> I don't smoke either. Oh, neither do I. Such an untidy habit. I hate it. I hate it. I, I like tidy habits. I could tell that just from looking at you. You seem so neat. I am. <laughs> You seem neat, too. <laughs> I, I don't mean that only the way the kids say neat. You look clean. Thank you. Can't sign you a drink. I'm out of no dirt. Oh, I'd love one. Uh, oh, take an olive, Felix. They make you passionate. Okay, okay. I'm allergic to olives. You okay now? Yeah. You should have seen him 10 minutes ago. He was... Uh, what's that? Can I... Would you excuse us for just a minute? Oh, certainly. May I speak to you for just a minute? Oh, but leave the olives. Sure. <laughs> this girl is fantastic. Great, I'm glad you like her. Yeah, but watch what you say. You could ruin the whole evening. Well, what do you guess? Not your date. She's not? <laughs> oh, I got you the good one. Gloria's a good one. Oh, this one is better. Better than Gloria? No contest. Would you like me to get that? No, I'll get it. The expression Felix makes when Oscar brings up that olives make you passionate is funny. Uh, also, he has a lot of ticks, which is which is basically basically saying like, you know, he's like uh, 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 horrified at uh, uh, scandalized by Oscar's insinuation, but also worried that Oscar's right is like coming on too strong. Right, and he has a lot of ticks also when he sees Mitzi for the first time. Let's talk about Mitzi because this is a bizarre situation here. Mitzi's played by Rhonda yeah. Copeland, to who places Ditz named Mitzi in whatever 1950 year this is, in the 1950s. But Rhonda Copeland plays a ditzy character with the same voice, also named Mitzi, in the Password episode next season, which is set in modern day. <laughs> so either we're supposed to believe... <laughs> same, it's, same girl? Or... Same girl. It's either Dorian Gray, where she never ages... And Mitzi, 20 years later, is Mitzi today, who they never reference as Mitzi that Oscar and Felix, Felix met when he met Gloria. Or they just didn't care, and they loved the fact that, this, that Rhonda Copeland could play this perfect Ditsy right. character, and they just hired her again, again, not really caring, which is probably the case. 
because who would you know no one would remember probably year over year that this and in the password episode she is oscar's girlfriend yes right yes yeah oscar's date i mean it's the opposite here it's basically someone he's yeah. trying to hook up with oh right right right, right. uh it's just that a, is that that is I was wondering where I'd seen her before and I couldn't place it. And you're right. It's the same. <laughs> they just said, hey, you know, she, she's ageless. So what the hell? Uh, Can I, her, one thing yeah. about the, the uh, before we move on, another part of, not to mess with the backstory again, the backstory questions, but if I get this right, I, Oscar has introduced Gloria to Felix. Yeah. So this is one other, one plot point that we didn't know. Right. And apparently Oscar uh, was if not dating Gloria, asked Gloria out on a date. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before Felix does, and intends for her to be his date. Uh, and I just keep asking, like, well, where did he meet Gloria? Like, how did he get to know her enough to ask her on a date? And they just don't go into that part. No. And also, the the in the Andre Laplume dating episode later, Oscar is set up with Gloria. <laughs> And there's no reference there, well, we used to go out, or we used to date, or you used to want to date me. So, right, continuity uh, flaws all over the place here. Just one more thing about Rhonda Copeland. She really didn't have much of an acting career, she, uh, at least according to IMDb. She has a few 70s series credits, American, uh, Love American Style, Gary Marshall Show, McLeod, Rockford Files. However, she was married to Conrad Janice, who most people know played Mindy's father on Mork and Mindy. So another, I think this woman's just in the Gary Marshall family and friend of the family, and that's why they hired her to play Mitzi twice. So now we cut to a restaurant with a jukebox in the background. Again, another, I guess, uh, try to make it feel like it's the 50s. Mitzi comes running to the table and drags Felix to dance. She had, I guess, put money in the jukebox. And he says, I never learned to mambo and asked to sit this one out. Mitzi says, oh, is my little feely wheelie tired? And sits on his lap. Felix says, in the first place, my name is Felix. And then Mitzi interrupts him and says, knock on the door while knocking on his forehead, peek in while lifting his eyelids, lift up the latch, lifting his nose, picks up a breadstick and says, walk in while inserting the breadstick in his mouth. And then says chin chopper, chin chopper a few times while kind of forcing Felix to eat the piece of bread, uh, which is, I don't know why this, I guess is to show how juvenile she is. Uh, Felix says, Mitzi, this is a public place. And Mitzi says, oh, it is? It looks so nice, which I think is a funny <laughs> line. Uh, Gloria excuses herself and Mitzi asks if she's going to the sandbox. And Gloria exasperatedly says, yes. So Mitzi joins to powder her nose with Gloria. And from here, we get this clip. Would you please excuse me? Go into the sandbox? (laughs) (laughs) Why do I take long to powder my nose? Oscar, I want to talk to you. I know, I know you want to fix it so you can be alone. Yes, please. You're really starting to go for it, huh? I want to be alone by myself. (laughs) I can't abide her. Are you kidding? You got a maiden a shade there. I know that, according to your lights, you're helping me all you can, but I think we have slightly different tastes in girls. I prefer a girl who's quiet and ladylike, attractive and refined. What for? (laughs) 
I want to be with Gloria. I can't believe it. I don't blame you. I'm a rotten friend. Go ahead. Beat me. Flog me. With what? The spaghetti? <laughs> Why? Well, I'm a rat to suggest it, I know, but the two of us seem to hit it off. Well, go figure, people. If that's what you want, you got it. You don't mind? Of course not. Won't this ruin your evening? You kidding? I pray for ruined evenings like this. Oh, this From is... now on, Gloria's with you, and that's the end of it. How are we going to do this? We don't want to offend anybody. Oh, don't worry. You cool it. I'll take care of everything. Here they come. All right. The main thing is, be subtle. Oh, I'll be subtle. subtle. They won't know anything about it. Sit down. Did you miss us? Oh, <laughs> girls, Felix wants a switch. Gloria, you're with him. <laughs> hey, teach me that chin chopper game, will you? OK, I'll show you. Sitting here for honey, let's do it. He's much nicer. Been so miserable all evening. I know. You didn't touch your dinner. You noticed? I know a dietitian who couldn't have cared less. You should eat. Oh. Cannelloni was tough. Spaghetti was undercooked and... And... And? And I love you. Um, I, it seems a little much to think Felix proclaims his love on the first date. Uh, that's a bit soon, yeah. Also... <laughs> I want to point out earlier, both Gloria and Felix said they don't drink, but Felix is a wine aficionado in the series. So, so is it, I guess in theory in the fifties, he didn't drink, but, or is that? But then maybe as life went on, you know, he just hit the sauce. But I find it hard to believe that his appreciation (laughs) of alcohol is, you know, not based on getting drunk. So that's true. I found that to be, uh, that's true. Yeah. Um, and also that there's a lot of music in that scene with the jukebox mm-hmm. and the dancing and then that whole long uh, end beat with the music as Felix says that. Um, I do, I've always remembered when Felix asked Oscar to, you know, how, you know, to make the switch carefully. <laughs> and he says, subtle. yeah, yes, subtle, right, yeah. Uh, Felix wants to switch, girls, you're here, you're there. <laughs> and I, right, Oscar's whole thing in this, in this story is he's just the crudest, uh, you know. Uh, lech, uh, he's a lech. Testosterone male. Yeah, right. Yes, right. It's like, okay, girl, switch. Uh, so that and he's got you saying you got it made in the shade. It looks after the break that that scene went to break. Uh, we see Oscar and Marie in the kitchen again. Now they have fried chicken all of a sudden. I don't know where that fried chicken came from. I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, Oscar, uh, I did. I guess they're having a three course meal or something. But yeah, was that in the oven? Did he order it in? Like he didn't make I mean, it. The sandwiches looked looked big enough. That's what I thought. Yeah, Oscar says Felix. Uh, went all out for Gloria from that moment on, took her to the best places, bought her flowers. Gloria figured he was different from all the guys who took her out before. And then we get this weird scene where Murray says his wife said that to him. Before she met him, she really dated some dogs, which elicits a look from Oscar and very loud laughs from the audience. I don't get it. I didn't get it either. Oscar says everything was going well for a month until he got a call from Felix to stop by his place after work. Oscar says when he got there, 
Felix looks like he's going to cardiac arrest. And now we get another stupid thing where Murray says he never made one of those. But he doesn't say it like he Arrest, made, get it? Right. He's a cop. But he's, he doesn't say it as if he knows he's making a bad pun. <laughs> no. He makes it sound like he's stupid. Yes. Or, or, or at least if he's not <laughs> yes. doing that, it, the expression mm-hmm. on Alabama's face is not right. Mm. That gets a big laugh from the audience also. Um, Oscar says, eat, Murray, eat. Oscar says he was very tired that night when he got there, which is meaningless point. First of all, he doesn't look particularly tired and he doesn't act tired. And the being tired has nothing to do with what happens in the scene. So I don't know why that was important to say. And now we fade back in time again. And now we see a new set, which is Felix's yeah. 50s yeah. apartment, which I don't think we ever see again. Uh, right? Do we ever see this set no. again? No. no. Uh, the couch is covered in plastic, as are the lamps. And the walls are painted green. Felix opens the door for Oscar and shouts, where have you been? Oscar nonchalantly walks in and says, what do you mean? He's holding a cigar while he's doing this. Oscar says, nice place. You live here with your aunt? Which gets <laughs> a very big laugh. It is a funny joke. Felix says, I've been waiting for you since 6.30. It's now 20 minutes of 11. Oscar says, you told me to come after work. This is after work. I had to cover a ball game. Felix says, why didn't you call me? And Oscar starts to like apologize, but says, wait a minute, buddy. I don't even call my mother when I'm late. <laughs> and Felix says, well, you should, and stamps his feet. This is Oscar, kind of a flash forward to a common scene in their later relationship where Oscar's home late, you know, for yes. late for dinner, et cetera. Oscar says, wait a minute. Um, I hardly know you. Don't you have any other friends you can talk to? Which is actually a pretty good question. Felix apologizes and says he's just nervous. Oscar sits down, which makes a big squishy sound, and says you forgot to unwrap your furniture, which also gets a big laugh. Mm -hmm. Felix says it keeps it clean and it's nice. Felix then also sits down, makes that same squishy noise, and says he needs Oscar help. At this point, Oscar's putting his ashes in his pant cuff to the dismay (laughs) of Felix. Oscar says it's okay, I have sand in it. Oscar asks if this is about Gloria. Felix says, yes, I've got to marry her. Oscar says, you've got to marry her? (laughs) Felix completely ignores that and says, and fast. Oscar says, now here's another risque joke about wearing a condom. Oscar says, you, a man who covers up every piece of furniture, implying, of course, that Felix didn't use a condom. Felix stands up and says, oh, Oscar, please. I love her and I want to marry her. Right. So this is a very 50s joke, too, because it's the context of if you, you, it, I, I've got to marry her could mean I got her pregnant. Right. And so uh, they're having some fun with that. Again, yeah, kind of a risque episode. Felix asks Oscar, what does he think? Oscar says, if you love her, you should marry her. But Felix says he hasn't known her that long. And maybe he's not ready for marriage. So Oscar then says, maybe you should marry her. Should not marry her. Felix says he has to act fast. She is leaving for Korea with the USO show the day after tomorrow. Maybe she'll meet some hotshot over there or Les Brown's drummer, which is a callback to the Kate Smith drummer joke. So Les Brown, we should say, was a band leader for more than 60 years, including working on 18 USO tours. So that's the context, and that's a reference. Les Les Brown and his band of renown. That's right. And I guess in the 70s, that was a known reference. So he was, I think, so active then. Oscar says, you're right. You should marry her. Felix then says if he should rush into the most important decision of my life. Oscar says, so you're right again. You shouldn't marry her. And Felix says, but I love her. And then he asks Oscar what he thinks. So then we get this clip. Well, well, let me sum it up for you. 
On one hand, some of the things you say indicate you should marry. On the other hand, some of the things you say indicate that you shouldn't marry. The, in other words, some of the things you say indicate you should marry. On the other hand, some of the things you say indicate you shouldn't marry. Well, that's my opinion. You're very perceptive. Okay. Uh, thanks for your opinion. Oh, I'm sure everything will work out. Look, Wait, I really gotta go. No, I, I want your opinion on a poem. Poem? Yeah. Look, guys and dolls I know about affairs of the heart poems I don't know anything about, fella. I'm going to memorize this and recite this to Gloria. Well, you better recite it, not to me. Uh, I'll, I'll, please I'll, help all right, me. All right, go ahead. Uh, all right. This is one of Shakespeare's sons. Let me not to the marriage of true minds admit impediments. Love is not love which alters when an alteration finds or bends with the remover to remove. Oh, no, it is an ever-fixed mark that looks on tempests and is never shaken. It is... You seem touched. Why? I think my cuff's on fire. So, By the way, yes. sonnet, sonnet number 116, to be precise. I'm glad you looked it up because I did not. Um, I, I like that clip more for the let me sum it up for you stuff. Uh, the poem itself <laughs> is not that interesting, but I didn't also want to recite the poem myself. So now we, yep. Um, the, of course, the funny thing about the let me sum it up for you bit is that is the in other words. Yeah, right. And then right. say yeah. exactly yeah. the same words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So we cut to a new scene, which is the same restaurant again. Now people are doing the bunny hop with Miss, Mitzi and Oscar leading the bunny hop. Felix comes in and urgently points at Oscar, who stops dancing and offers to buy Felix a drink. Felix is not saying anything, and he keeps pointing at his throat. And then he pantomimes looking for something, and Oscar figure, figures out that he has lost his voice. Mitzi is very happy there playing charades. Felix indicates that his lost voice hurts. Oscar asks how he did it, and they go sit down at a table. So in the background, by the way, now that they've sat down, is the perennial bit player that we mentioned uh, before, Eddie Garrett, who I, again, used to think was your father. <laughs> um, and I can confirm now that I've seen him. He is not. Uh, and he's credited in 12-odd couple episodes, but it's in more than 12 because he is not credited in this episode. But it's important to see he's in the background because he, he plays a role later in the show. Felix now starts to pantomime again, and Oscar admits you want to truly make it charades. And so Oscar asks how many letters. Felix holds up six letters. Oscar says, what does it sound like? Felix makes a, a motion with his hands that looks like he's making curves, and Oscar guesses curves. And then Mitzi says, slurves, durves, nerves, blurs. Felix stops her at nerves. And then Mitzi guesses two movie names because she thinks they're playing movies names. Nerves over the Pacific and two nerves from Newark. <laughs> two nerves from Newark. So I thought maybe she's making fun of some sort of films with similar names. Yeah. I yeah. did find Wings over the Pacific, but yeah. I don't think that's a particularly known movie, actually. Uh, no, I think you're right that these are almost like generic right. uh, movie names with the word nerves inserted. They are not real movies or references to real movies there's no i couldn't find something close to two <laughs> nerves to two nerves over new from newark so i think it's just you made up names uh not not references to something else um oscar suggests that mitzi now go to the sandbox and she asks for a quarter for the sand lady 
Felix now points to his finger and then starts praying. Oscar figures out that Felix is proposing. He says, to me, you're proposing? I can't accept. Oscar then says, oh, you want me to propose to you? Felix makes a curvy female figure shape with his hand, and Oscar figures out that he wants him to propose to Gloria for him. You want me to propose to Gloria? You're crazy. I'm not going to do that. Now Felix starts hitting his fists on the table really hard. Oscar says, why don't you go act it out like you did with me? She'll get it. Felix acts out that he cannot read the poem to her. Oscar says, it's better that you don't recite it. Let her read it. Oscar starts to play, Felix starts to play the air violin, and Oscar says that's a better idea. But Felix is suggesting Oscar play the violin with them there because it'll be more romantic. But Oscar again says Felix is crazy and he's not going to do it. I don't know why Felix thought uh, Oscar play the violin. The, the violin is purely symbolic, Ted. Oh, all right. I, I, I don't think there is an, any intention of a real violin being oh, used. The, how is it different than what he was referencing before? Like, what is he, what? He already asked Oscar to read the poem. So what is he asking Oscar to do now? The violin symbolizes romantic. All right. Be very romantic. I guess I'm too literal. So I was taking it to mean really a violin. <laughs> uh, Oscar says, what's the hurry? Take a tranquilizer and your throat will come back. Felix gets upset again. And Oscar says, why can't you wait? And Felix pantomimes that Gloria is flying. He does a flying symbol. And then... In something that cannot happen today, he pulls his eyes back to represent an Asian person. And, Felix, and Oscar says, flies to a Japanese restaurant and then figures out that Felix is talking about the Korea, that she's flying to yes. Korea for the USO. Ah, uh, Felix, Felix, Felix. Felix then shows he's yeah. going to hang himself. And Oscar says, go ahead and do it because he has a big evening with Mitzi and he can't help him. And Felix starts to now mod with that martyr, how could you Oscar nod that Tony Randall does so well, <laughs> and then starts to um, walk out and Oscar, and, and he starts to pantomime something and Oscar guesses he's saying thank you for breaking your heart. Felix gets up, shakes Oscar's hand, Oscar shakes his hand, they say goodbye forever. It's a very funny way they're parting yeah. here. <laughs> um, Oscar shrugs and says that's, why the, that's the way it is, goodbye. Then now, Felix, before he leaves, he goes over to Eddie Garrett and sits down and starts to pantomime. <laughs> at the next the, table. Right. Strangers at the next table, right. He starts to pantomime the whole story over again. <laughs> and Oscar can't believe that he's doing this. And he gives in. He says, all right, I'll do it. Uh, by the way, what's very weird about that scene is yes. after Oscar agrees, for some reason, the woman seated at the table with Eddie Garrett starts to clap. Yeah. <laughs> It, I noticed that too because it it stands out because Eddie Garrett is like who the hell is this guy what's going on he's very like and, and nobody else is clapping I don't this yeah. woman is super brilliant if she figured out that Oscar <laughs> wasn't giving in and now is giving in it was yeah. a very odd scene yeah a very odd I reaction I just want to say before you move on that just this whole five minutes of Tony Randall basically being a mime. Like, you know, because the character, he has laryngitis, Felix has laryngitis, which really gives Tony Randall this opportunity to do a mime act for like the rest of the episode, basically. Uh, but he just, it's so brilliant the way he does it. He, he's so good at it. it. It's clearly that he's like, you know, this is uh, a chance for Tony Randall to show off these kinds of mime skills he has. You know, what it's not good for is a podcast. Because I can't no, cut the clips of a visual. Yes, right. 
But yeah. I agree with you. Yes, it is. And I'm also, I, I, and, and probably the less said about the racist uh, eyes joke, the better. We've said it. Yes, we've acknowledged that that would not happen today. <laughs> yes. At least not on a show that isn't courting controversy. Yeah. Um, so that scene ends, and now we go. Uh, Felix and Oscar go to Felix's apartment where Gloria is apparently waiting for Felix and we're going to play that whole three minute clip now. Oh there you are. Hi Oscar. Hi Gloria. What happened? When I got here you were gone and the door was open and I found this note. Dear Gloria, please come in and make yourself comfortable. Have some champagne. I selected it just for you. If I'm not back in 10 minutes, go on your way, but always remember somewhere there's a caring heart. I'll try to be back. I went to see someone. I'll tell you later who it was. Be right back. What did you do, write her a novel? <laughs> Look, Lamb, I don't have much time. I left Mitzi in a bar with two merchant marines and a glass blower. Now, you know about his neuroses, and now he's so nervous he's lost his voice. Oh, you poor... Can I do anything for you? What? Yeah, what? Me. Oh, yes, on the way over, he wrote a whole lot of instructions for me. Here it is. Now I gotta get it over because I don't have much time, okay? One, get on me. Okay. What's the difference where I get on a knee? Okay. One, get on knee. Two, bubbly, bubbly. Oh, Gloria, I want to... Well, that kind of bubbly. Would you get the music cue, please? Oh, how sweet our song. Yes, I know. It says here, for romantic. Oh. Romantic. <laughs> Dude, I guess you wonder why Felix asked you here, right? Well, I had been planning on packing, but he said it was important. Yeah, well, it's because he thinks you are one great chick, and he would like you... I don't care. I don't care, Jose Greco. I'm not going to do it. Now, Les, I like a good joke, too, but I've got to get up early in the morning. I... <laughs> don't panic. Don't panic. Look, the poem is you. If you are reading it, fine. Let me do it my way. Please go stand in the corner. Go stand. Quickly. Begin. Gloria, look, this is ridiculous. I, I know it seems crazy to you, but... See, Felix wanted this to be a perfect night for you. A night that you'd remember forever. That's the kind of guy you see. I haven't known him a long time, but I know he's a generous, thoughtful, loving guy. And he would break his back to make anybody happy. And he'd do anything in the world to make you happy. See, I think he's kind of a special person. He thinks you're kind of a special person. And I think together, you could be special people. Gloria, I'm saying this so lousy, but Gloria, will you marry Felix? Two. <laughs> oh, oh, Felix. I love you. So that big laugh at the end is when Gloria hugs Oscar after saying, I would love to. And I don't know if you noticed, but in this scene, the plastic covers had been removed from the couch in Felix's apartment when Gloria was there. I did not notice that, no. He yes. must have, uh, you know, Oscar's joke about it probably made him rethink that. Right. I guess you were going to propose, which I guess he was going to do. He didn't want it to be on a plastic couch, maybe. Yeah, not too romantic, no. Also, I don't believe that Mitzi was was with a merchant marine and a glass two merchant marines and a glass blower. How would he know that? We saw them before they left, and we didn't see that. 
Um, I, I, I assume the joke is that merchant marines who are not real marines, but like just tough seamen, tough sailor types, and a glass flower maybe is a man with special skills, but they're men that Oscar feels nervous leaving uh, her with. Let's put it yeah, that. but I'm talking about the factual fact that I don't think those three people were there. <laughs> no, not in that restaurant. That's true. And how would he know the guy's a glass? Exactly. Guy? That's my point. I don't think that, that that's like, obviously it's a joke, but you know, this is what we do. Uh, Jose Greco, for those who don't know, is a reference to the famous flamenco dancer in the 50s. Um, and Oscar is saying that when Felix is stomping his feet in that scene. So I just want to make sure that visual is called out. So that's the end of the episode before we uh, go back for the tag into the kitchen. Oscar says that Felix got his voice back from there and was able to say, I do at the wedding. Murray's now crying and says he's a pushover for a love story and starts to sniffle. Oscar says, here, Murray, blow your nose. And he rips off a big giant sheet of green paper towel. So we end on a big nose joke. A Murray nose joke, which right. uh, by my count is the second in season two. And we've still, you know, when we go back to season one, we'll have to look for, but look for any examples, but my hunch is that there weren't, and that this is, the Murray nose jokes are Al Molinaro jokes, basically. They're not written into the character of Murray. So it's already by season two, they are becoming a thing. And are they funny enough to end the whole show on? I don't know. Um, but that's where it ends. So for me... Uh, yeah, weak tag, weak tag. The, uh, this episode is... I'll, I'll say that it's funnier than I always in my head give it credit for. I usually don't watch this episode when I'm watching for pleasure. It is funny. There are funny moments. The visuals are funny. The set design for the 50s is funny. Um, so I give it three out of five Murrays. Um, I, I think the, the labored storyline, just the, the, the stretch of, all, of us believing all this and some of the beats and the moments just don't work. But there are, there are some quite funny moments in it that allow me to enjoy it uh, three out of five Murrays, I think always more than I expect. I always think, always think of this episode um, as not great. And it's always a little better than I remember when I watch it. Yeah, I agree. It was definitely much better than I expected. Mainly, I have this aversion to the flashback episodes. I mean, we've talked about this and, you know, in terms of what episodes to skip, and I've always wanted to skip the flashbacks. I don't know why I have such a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, proverbially, uh, about those. Just, I guess as a kid, it was always disappointing to have to see them like look weird when they try to make them young. And uh, I don't know. And it was taking us out of the main storyline to go into some distant things in the past. And, and they're the forced. Yeah, you know, there's forced, there's right. Glor there's Leonard being born, and there's Oscar the proposing to getting married to Blanche in the army. Yeah. Uh, and they just yeah they always are very contrived. Yeah. Yeah. Very and, contrived. And, and contradictory sometimes. So. Uh, but having said all that, maybe in my maturity now, I'm, I'm warming up to the idea. I think this is a very satisfying episode as a dating story, as a, as a romance. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, there are some serious uh, 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 sweet moments of romance between Felix and Glory, which are actually bittersweet, knowing where that's headed. There's not a lot of talk about how, where, you know, signs of their divorce. Um, but bottom line is, yes, I definitely say three, maybe even three and a half, Murray's. Uh, I think what really lifts it even above a satisfying level is both Randall and Klugman do really great work and they sh each show a side of themselves that is not seen in the, in the series that much with um, Tony Randall. He has 
we mentioned the miming bit when he's lost his voice, but also a ping pong bit in the apartment. He just has all these great little physical comedy riffs that made me realize, I'm starting to think of Tony Randall as, and this is an unusual comparison, but he reminds me of like Michael Richards on Seinfeld, uh, not as a type, but as, a, as an actor who would work out their own bag of tricks in rehearsal and bring it into the show. And they would just give him blank pages to say, okay, improv, you know, something here that like with a prop or a gag. And Tony Randall really was that skilled a physical comedian that he could do that. And with Klugman, well, we get to see him be the raunchy 50s guy, uh, which is funny. And, but he also, that's uh, his speech at the proposal, when he does the proposal is a great example of something Oscar does occasionally, which is like, uh, use his regular everyman uh, sincerity to give like a really sweet, beautiful speech. And in this case, the lesson is that Felix wants to recite Shakespeare and Joel will do all this highfalutin stuff and Oscar is kind of the regular man uh, er appeal and it much simpler and, but yet more effective. And so that's a really nice, uh, he, Klugman's really great in that proposal scene. Yeah, I agree. They're both they're both very strong in the show and elevates it above the kind of contrived nature of it. All right, so that is our coverage of this episode. Uh, continue to please uh, give us any feedback you'd like at 1049pod at gmail.com. And hopefully you can give us a rating and review on iTunes. So as I always wish uh, to you, Garrett, I hope your wife does not leave you for Kate Smith's drummer. <laughs> You're really neat, Ted. And I do mean the way the kids say it. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.